This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, December 20th. This is episode 313. Uh, uh, I'm Dan Ellis and I'm joined via via long distance things, remote distancing yeah. things by, by two awesome peoples. The first one is... It might be Ryan. <laughs> I was just I was just throwing down, seeing who was going to jump in. <laughs> I, th- I thought I would just not let a long pause go this week. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you. And also, <laughs> and I'm Matt. Yay! The whole gang's here. Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, let's. What's been going on over the last week? Let's start with Ryan. Oh, I've been working. Yeah. That's 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 been going good, um, and I think I I think I've been bumped down on the list for my mom's favorites. Uh oh, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah, she sent me a message that to tell Matt that Matt's her favorite. Yay! <laughs> How so, did I do that? I don't know. I she probably fucked me. up somewhere. I probably you know <laughs> I said cunt one too many times. Uh oh. I yep. I don't say happy birthday to people. Um. Yeah. So you're you're my mom's favorite now. I, uh, you don't say I happy lost. birthday to people. What's that all about? I forget. <laughs> oh, I thought you like had a thing against it. Sounded like yeah. I usually don't know what day it is. See, and I when you said I forget, <laughs> I thought you were responding to my question of what is that all about and your response oh. was just i forget i don't i don't remember what it's even about <laughs> oh. <laughs> language is fun <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah, my mom my, my mom just sends me a message the other day actually i'll bring it up she just said uh tell matt he's my favorite now oh well, that's sweet and i was like oh with no explanation of why or anything just no, and I, I might, I might have been doing something at work when she sent it, so I didn't get back to her right away on it. Because uh. <laughs> the next thing I sent her was puppy videos. <laughs> Suck up. <laughs> well, it's trying to get back in. <laughs> she, uh, she asked me what we wanted for Christmas, and I said nothing. So we, then she called Sarah in, like you and Sarah after and said, "What do you guys need for Christmas?" Uh-huh. And of course, Sarah tells me, "She's like, your mom wants to know what you want." I'm like, "We don't need anything." So my mom got presents, toys for the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll make the dogs happy, I'm sure. It did. And that's what I, I took a bunch of videos of them discovering all the toys in the box. They opened their presents before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, uh, why not? It's gonna make I mean, baby I, Santa cry. Uh, well, Santa shouldn't tell me to go work. <laughs> oh do you work on christmas this year i get off christmas morning so huh. but i'll probably be working in the garage because uh-huh. that's that's what i do yeah i was actually thinking about that i'm like i gotta go buy wood today or tomorrow because i need some more wood to finish this project and they'll be closed on friday mm. yeah you're making some cool stuff man Thank you. It's uh, this coffee table is taking a long time, but I'm figuring up some neat shit with it. Mm-hmm. Some neat shit with it. I yeah, saw- I'm like, uh, go ahead. I'll say, uh, yeah, I'm like, I've never done most of this before. And I'm just kind of figuring it out. Like I'm, I'm thinking I'm like, well, if I want this to stay here, I need to make something that does this. Then I need to make something that does this to work with this. And I'm just figuring it out. And it's all working so far. You're, you're, Doing completely innovative things. Probably it not. Like. It's probably something that someone else has already done yeah. that I could have looked up a video and made it easier, but I'm just trying to figure it out on my own. Yeah. Well, awesome, so, man. That's cool. Yeah. And what have you been doing, Matt? Um, 
Yeah, I got a couple of things, I guess. I I have been working. The shop's still open. Um, I uh, This week I decided to write Stranger's Notes. So I just took a few pieces of paper and wrote, Hey, Stranger, I hope you have a great day. And then just stuck them on a bunch of cars in the parking lot. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, I saw a couple of people discover it, and they looked very confused. (laughs) 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 So so that was fun. Uh, I have no idea if they like it or not. I don't even know. I couldn't tell. But, uh, and we have a sub for Santa thing that we're doing. And, um, oh, yeah, I've been watching this guy on YouTube that I discovered. This is not really related to the show in any way, but. (laughs) Uh, it's this guy from Columbus, Ohio, and uh, pretty much any language you could think of, he speaks. It's oh, absolutely wow. amazing. He just goes to like uh, different international markets and different restaurants and stuff, and then just finds out where people are from, and then just talks to them in their native language. It's incredible. Oh wow! Show off. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it's really awesome. It's super impressive. I, I, he's got to be over fifty, maybe closer okay. to a hundred. I, I I can't think of any languages off the top of my head that he doesn't speak. Oh wow! Yeah, and like like we all know, I have trouble just speaking this language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he can even read and write in Mandarin. Wow! Holy jeez! Yeah, that's yeah. that's really impressive. It, I, I've heard that you know once you get three or four languages under your belt, it's much easier to pick up others because mm-hmm. you know language is interconnected and has evolved from other languages and stuff like that. But I would imagine that it's very difficult to know to have a very large vocabulary if you speak that many languages. You know, to to manage a, voca- right. a large vocabulary in that number of languages would be really difficult and impressive. And. Mm-hmm. You know, just the different types of little linguistic uh, problems or or tricks involved with each language. Yeah, that would that'd be rough, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he even knows little obscure ones like uh, Fuzhouese, which is like a certain part of China, and this place, a little place in Senegal, where they speak Wolof, and he speaks that. I've never even <laughs> wow. heard of that. Yeah, and. He's so fluent, too, that they can even, like, the Vietnamese people will say, you sound like you're from the north. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's really it's really cool to watch. People are freaked out by him. Like, speaking with an <laughs> accent in, you know, dozens or hundreds of different languages. That's that's really, really cool, man. Yeah, and he's like a six-and-a-half-foot-tall black guy. Oh, jeez. So, like, he goes into these Chinese restaurants, and they're just like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> how do you know how to speak that? And, like, they're always, at first, they're not impressed, really, because he just says hello or how are you, which so many people know. But then, yeah. uh, as he keeps talking, you know, then they're like, they start to get more and more impressed. And then, and then uh, he just tells them he's been learning it at home by himself. Like, he just bought books. And, uh. He's not from an affluent area, so like he he just piled up a bunch of language books and just got to studying, and that's really impressive. Well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, learning a language from a book is doubly impressive because then you don't really like how do you know how it actually sounds like, and yeah, like all the inflections in the languages and well, yeah, you can read that though. I mean, they will it does tell you how to how to read it if you but you have to study it hard. Yeah. And uh, so that's but that's why he goes out is to practice. Wow. But yeah, it's really really amazing. That's very cool. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm just the regular. I take care of Rhett during the day and they go to work at night. So it's, I don't do all that much extra. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing well and, and mama and the babies are doing well. Yeah. Yeah. So far. Well, good, good, good. Um, yeah. I've just been super busy with work. Um, we, We've been laying the groundwork or, or doing a lot of prep work for an eventual stimulus package that will be coming out. You know, we don't 
We don't have any details yet on what's going to be in it or, you know, who's going to be in it or how, how much individual payments will be going out to people. But we've just been ramping up and going through testing all of our systems that we used previously for all of this. You know, uh, of course, after the first rollout, we went through and fixed a bunch of things, adjusted some stuff. So working on all of that, that's been... Uh, like I said, we, we know that they will eventually work out some kind of deal. So we're just, you think so <laughs> eventually one day. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like they're hours away from like as, as the time of our recording here, Sunday at 10 AM mountain time, yeah. they are, they're close to a deal. They figure that'll probably be done within the next few hours. So We'll all be able to figure out what that is here in the coming hours and days. Um, so ramping up for that at work and yeah, then just lots of holiday cheer here at the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we decided not to put up a tree this year. I, I don't know if I talked about that last week. Um, Tracy pulled out a bunch of other decorations. You know, we put hung a wreath on the door and she has a bunch of, trinkets and stuff that are strewn about the house mm-hmm. on the mantle and you know lights and candles and santas and reindeer and all that shit all over the house but we decided not to put up the whole big tree this year because it's just the two of us here you know we usually host uh-huh. and uh have people over for like a week around christmas time and that's not happening this year. And we're also not exchanging gifts with very many people this year. So it was just, we decided why bother, why bother putting up a tree that one of the dogs will eventually or inevitably just end up pulling down a few ornaments and destroying. So we'll, we'll let Mm -hmm. them do that next year. Um, and then like I said, busy with work and oh, today, today is, uh, my, my semen donor's birthday. So that's fun. (laughs) It's been more than been more than a year now since I've had any contact with my semen donor. Uh, so I don't know what's going on in their world or, or in my grandmother's world. Both of them I've had no contact with. So that's been, wow. that's been fun. Um, I was recently a guest on the Phil Ferguson show. Oh, uh, the, oh really? Yeah. I, I, I think it was last week we actually recorded and you know, I, I'm guessing he just banks a couple shows and puts them out when uh-huh. he can. Um, but that was released uh, yesterday on his Patreon account will be released today for public consumption. So anybody who's interested in hearing me talk about Mormonism uh, from from a former Mo on the Phil Ferguson show, we we talk about the the more some of the weirder aspects of Mormonism, like some of the reasons why like. Like uh, all of it, <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> like their their core tenets, like things that are foundational beliefs of the church that you know few members know about, and those who do just kind of dismiss out of hand or or pretend that they don't know, or just put it way back in in their mind on a on a very tiny yeah. shelf in the in the back corner. <laughs> Certainly don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you know stuff like um, G or stuff like. Uh, God, the the Mormon God, not being the only God that he's descended from a long line of gods before him, that he was mm-hmm. a, a mortal person before and was exalted into godhood, um, mm-hmm. that he lives on another planet and has, you know, multiple wives with whom he creates spirit babies that are then they live in the preexistence and are sent to inhabit the wombs and meat sacks of humans here on earth. <laughs> um, the Jesus and Satan were brothers, the, yeah. you know, the whole mm-hmm. war in the preexistence, just, just some of the crazier aspects of Mormonism. So that was kind of fun. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. And Phil's just such a nice guy. Uh, he is. Yeah. Anytime I get to, anytime I get to chat with him in person, it's, it's always a lot of fun. Very, very, very nice guy. I should just say real quickly, if people are interested in looking that guy up on YouTube, his name is Lao Shu, L-A-O-S-H-U. L-A-O-S-H-U? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I'll uh, I'm gonna make a note here to put a, a link to that in the show notes as well. Oh, cool. Show notes. That guy. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, we have some other fun stories to report on. We'll do that after this little break. This is Danielle Moscato, civil rights activist, trans woman, extraordinaire, and public speaker. You are listening to Godless Revolution, and I hope you enjoy the show. You asked my faith. I'm a priest of the Mormon Church and a member of the Quorum of Seventy. Last time I checked, there's still a kill order on the books for all Mormons in the state of Missouri. Sadly, the people of Missouri are not sympathetic to our faith. And yet here you are. And yet here I am. Solid in my beliefs and unafraid. And for why? I'm sorry? I'm saying, with all due respect to your holiness, what the slippery fuck are you doing in my office at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, Mormon or no? U.S. Marshal Dick Wickware... In pursuit of two cons, escaped the night previous from Our Lady of Regret Women's Prison. For shit's sake, son. Why the Christ didn't you just say so when I walked in? Captain Hennick, I can safely say you blasphemed me more than any man I've ever met. And I've been to Cleveland. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. The LDS Church waded into political waters, sort of. They they released a statement that has their members all up all up ons in arms. <laughs> <laughs> They're all up ons in man. Um, Did they tell them Jesus Jamies are gonna be pink now? <laughs> several of them freaked the fuck out because the LDS church released a statement that says on December 14th, they released a statement that says, we congratulate President-elect Joe Biden on his decision, or I'm sorry, on his election as President of the United States. We also congratulate Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. We invite people everywhere, whatever their political views, to join us in praying for this new administration and for the leaders of nations around the world. Praying for those in public office has been a practice of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints since its founding. The men and women who lead our nations and communities need our prayers. We thank President Donald Trump and Vice President Michael Pence for their public service and wish them and their families well in their future endeavors. We commend all those who engaged in the election process at a national or local level. Their participation in our democratic process by its nature demands much of those who offer themselves for public service. May our local, national, and world leaders be blessed with wisdom and judgment as they fulfill the great trust afforded to them by the people of the world. Hmm. And that that little missive led to <laughs> led to several like hundreds and thousands of LDS people losing their fucking mind about it. That statement strikes me as rather uh, mundane. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. there really isn't a lot to object to there. Yeah, mundane, innocuous, absolutely uncontroversial. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's it's probably the same one they put out every four years. They just changed that top line. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's a template that they've got in the temple. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a temple template. <laughs> and, and so, some of the comments that were posted underneath. Uh, the church announcing that on Facebook and elsewhere were just, just fucking golden, man. I've got one here. Uh, Did they release it onto Parlor or something? <laughs> I wonder if the LDS Church has an account on Parlor. Ryan would. Uh, Ryan could find out. You've got an account over there, right? Uh, somewhere, yeah. Somewhere. I don't. I didn't download it, so it's just like I go. It's I went on it like three times. It's pretty stupid. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if they have an account over on Parlor or not. That would be interesting to find out. Um, but I've got a comment here from somebody who says, Biden wasn't elected as president. There was so much voter fraud. And when it comes out that Trump actually won and stays in office, how are you going to retract this statement? It'll be an embarrassment to the church. The closer you move to the devil, the further you move from God. Satan influenced the hearts of many wicked people to get Biden into office. And then you put this statement out question mark question mark question mark 
We have been fully restored. And we're supposed to be closest to God. This is the first time in my life that the church has offended me. I was born and raised in it, and my ancestors helped set it up. Please refrain from politics if you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> stick to stri- stick to scripture and get off the news. <laughs> wow. Completely immune to irony. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like this one. I think was my favorite. Uh, a, a friend of mine on Facebook just happened to find this one and posted as a as a separate thing, and I thought it was glorious. Like. Satan influenced the hearts of many wicked people to get Biden into office. And then you, the church, put this statement out. So <laughs> just just for a moment, let's talk about that one, because the this person is now saying that the leaders of the LDS church who speak directly to the divine and receive revelation from God have somehow been deceived by Satan. Yes. That would be earth-shattering to somebody's faith, or it should be, right? Oh yeah. That yeah yeah yeah. That the people at the very end of the church. Oh yeah, the people at the very top of the church have become corrupted by Satan's influence. It's game over. Satan's won. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's one comment here. I don't think they even understand the implications of what they're saying. No. No, they probably haven't thought that far ahead. They're just they're just morally outraged. That the church could yeah. offer such a benign statement of fact. Right. So so I got the uh, Deseret, which is the biggest news source for Mormons. Uh, same article with a comment underneath it. And I'm, I'm confused by this one. Uh-huh. It says, I have often prayed about Trump and the Lord answered my prayer last month. That's confusing. Now I'm asking the Lord to bless our new president and vice president to unite the great country with understanding and respect. So she prayed about Trump and the Lord answered her prayer last month. Did she pray for him to lose? (laughs) (laughs) Or does she still think he won, but she also is praying that Biden does a good job. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think religious people by and large, uh, when they're, you know, if they're super into their religion and they're also super into Trump, they don't, they don't really know. They're just, there's just sounds coming out of their, out of a hole in their head. Like they don't, they don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then there, there of course is the comment that says, uh, I wonder if they sent this same letter to Hugo Chavez. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's all the conspiracies that, that Hugo Chavez has, has helped Biden win, which is, pretty bizarre you know yeah that dominion voting system is owned by hugo chavez (laughs) and the chinese and the russians probably some iranian uh Mm. it's probably owned by a lot of people um which is news to dominion yeah like oh fuck (laughs) news news to everybody that uh the guy who died in march of 2013 is alive and helping (laughs) joe biden win elections Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, the the other parts of this comment that that I read earlier that I just that I was blown away by was this person saying that this is the first time in my life that the church has offended me. So this person wasn't offended by the church denying the priesthood to blacks until 1978. That was no problem right. for them. Right, right. Not well, a- how old is this person, though, too? He could be 15. Sure. <laughs> a 15-year-old Mormon kid who's very interested and informed about politics, I'm sure, is what happened here. <laughs> None of them are actually interested in politics. <laughs> so they weren't offended by blacks not holding the priesthood until 1978. They're not offended by women not being allowed to hold the priesthood. They're not offended uh-huh. by women not being able to enter the celestial kingdom on their right. own. Right. That their husband has to call them there. They're they're not offended by the church's stance on conversion therapy for gay people. Right. They're not offended by the church denying marriage rights to gay people. They're not offended by the church denying rights to trans people and basically everybody else in the LGBTQ community. 
none of none of those things were offensive to this person, but st- a statement of objective fact that's their that's their red line. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I do like how Lazy says tells them to stick to the scripture and to get off the news. <laughs> You're just now telling them to get off the news, <laughs> like. You didn't care about all the other times that are on the news, probably because you agreed with it then. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and we, so we discussed this a little bit in the, in the break, um, and Matt brought up the point that you know it's it's weird that the church's members are putting us three atheists in a position of having to defend the LDS Church from its own members. Uh-huh. Which, which is true to a point that, you know, we can clearly see that the church is just stating an objective fact here. And yeah. a lot of their right. members are losing their fucking minds about it. And here we are jumping in to say, hey, guys, your church is right about this. <laughs> right. But the, the, the counterpoint that I had there in our, in our offline discussion was, well, sure, we're, we're kind of in a position of having to defend the church, but it's – because of the church's own actions that we're ha- that we're having to defend the church first their actions or inactions in leading so many people astray for so fucking long of telling them of of telling their congregations what sources they should trust and what they should not trust of telling them basically who to vote for and what to vote for and basically telling them telling their congregations to deny other objective bits of reality like that the Noachian flood didn't fucking happen (laughs) that that you know the whole the whole mormon theological basis is wrong to to deny all of those objective facts and then come out with another one well sure we have to defend them but the church set themselves up for this to happen eventually right right all good points yeah yeah, they they've they've spent decades and and well, more than decades, a couple centuries basically telling people that they shouldn't believe in objective reality. They should only go by what the what the church leaders say and that we also need to pay attention, you know, render unto Caesar. We need to be um subject to to the laws of man while we're here for this temporal existence. And so when members of the church then have lived their entire lives believing that the Republican party is the best party. And the leader of the Republican party is, you know, he's got a good line to God also because God has installed that person as the leader of the most powerful country in the world. Then when that leader gets taken down, there's, there's, there's fuckery afoot for sure. And they're, they're just going to have to learn to deal with that kind of shit because they've set themselves up for failure. No, they'll just cry like like Trump. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I'm sure they will. It's just it's so hard to imagine that adults in this number are, have such maturity problems. You know, in being able to accept graciously accept a loss. You know. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I, I look at how like adults react to sports games when their team loses. Yeah. I mean, we're very yeah. tribalistic, and Trump has made a very strong tribe around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what's scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird to me the the different tribes that people will, will align themselves with and some of the arguments that they use in defense of those things. Like, you know, a lot of my family members are huge into sports, and I was a sports guy. I was a sports guy growing up, and I participated in lots of sports and was interested, and I still am to some extent, but some of them take it very, very seriously. Like, watching collegiate or professional sports and, like, so identifying with their team and people on their team that they get really angry when their team loses or makes a mistake or anything as if like that, as if they're the ones actually performing on the field and doing the thing and, Mm -hmm. and getting so upset about things (laughs) within, within my family, there are uh, Pittsburgh Steeler fans and Bronco fans. And of Mm -hmm. course this year, the Steelers are doing very, very well. I think they've only lost what two games now. Mm-hmm. Sure, and 
So one of my family members is a big Steelers fan. The other is a Broncos fan. And the Broncos, I think, have won two or three games. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're having a terrible season. Horrible. Mm-hmm. And in, in our family chat we've got going on, uh, the Broncos fan, after the Steelers lost their first game, posted something in the family chat along the lines of, oh, yeah, your team fucking sucks. Look at them. They fucking lost their game. Had, had their asses handed to them. And it was just like... Dude, the disparity here is ridiculous for you to, like, make yourself now a target for somebody else to point out how ridiculous your argument is here. Right. Total lack of perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah, total lack of perspective and just total lack of 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 self total lack of self-awareness. Like, you Mm -hmm. are a fan for a team that has a record that is so much worse, comparatively speaking, and you're going into someone else's house to shit on their on their furniture while telling them yeah. that their team sucks like what the fuck are you doing yeah yeah i mean that's how i see it compare a little bit because that's like when they say that kind of stuff like well that's my team my team's doing good my team had a good game mm-hmm. and you hear people that will say like no trump will always be my president he is my president my president's doing good stuff yeah like mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, it feels like they're treating them the same way, and I never understand it. I mean, I used to do the same thing, like, oh, yeah, my team did great last week. And it's kind of like, well, it's not my team. I don't own it. Yeah. Whether they win or lose has no bearing on anything in my life. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, go ahead, man. One of the things I don't, I really don't get about that kind of a thing, like, I mean, I'm I'm a football fan, too, but the expectation they have must be that their team or their political favorite or whatever it is, is supposed to be perfect. I mean, that's, that's seems like the only way they would be able to behave like that. I, 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 I watch a specific team, you know, but if they lose, it doesn't wreck my day. You know, I can, I can miss a game if something more important comes up. It's not my life. So, you know, they must be imagining that, their team or their political favorites got to be perfect. Uh, and then if, if they're, that would explain why they get so irate, you know, when, when they fail because their expectation is so high. Yeah. Well, and there's also a level of superstition involved too. Like um, the, the last time the Broncos were, had a really great season, what, three or four years ago and were in the playoffs. Maybe it was, I think they were in the Super Bowl recently huh? <laughs> it's it's been my my years are blending together in in the covid we state 20, 2015 i think it was okay so Peyton manning so yeah yeah so when when that all happened we had a, a super bowl party here and you know mm-hmm. when the broncos lost my family member who was here and is a big broncos fan vowed they will never again watch the broncos at my house because that's why they lost <laughs> Wow. Yeah. They 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 can they can never watch the Broncos play a game at my house because if they do he he knows that the Broncos will lose. So he's <laughs> that important. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, that the, the whole thing depends on him and his geographical location. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I I made mockery of him for quite a while for that like Anytime I saw him, mm-hmm. like, dude, are you sure you're not going to change your mind? I have, I have really yummy snacks over here. <laughs> <laughs> Free booze. Come on, man. Uh, I guess, I guess, wow. you know, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to make your team worse by having you come over here and enjoy my, my delicious snacks and free alcohol. Hmm. I mean, I'm sorry to have to say this about a relative of yours, but that's a really stupid way to look at things. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I have I have really stupid relatives for sure. <laughs> some of them, some of them are really stupid. Really stupid, super nice. Some of them are just really stupid. Some of them are really stupid and super, and super mean too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that happens in everybody's family. Uh, yeah. But I know you've got a hard stop that we need to let you go. Uh, but Thank you very much for joining us today, Matt. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I do enjoy it. So um, thanks. Hey, thank you, man. Uh, have fun, yeah, Matt. Love you guys. All right. Love you too, buddy. Take care. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. This is Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. 
know what's wrong with this country? Hmm? Your Jesus looks like a lady. Hmm? And everybody thinks they're going to be president one day. So nobody do the job they got. You think it's funny a man sleeps in the eyes? Hmm? Eyes you're supposed to clear. Your job. But you think it's funny because your lady Jesus tell you that I'm going to turn the other cheek. Well, I'm Italian. And in Italy, they had to nail our Jesus to the cross. Otherwise, he comes down and kill every last motherfucker in Jerusalem. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, so Matt had to, Matt had a, uh, time commitment where he needed to be somewhere else. Sorry, I'm a little disorganized. My brain is scattered. It's mush. Uh, it's the weekend and the middle you of the need, holidays. You need to pick the pieces back up and put them in there. <laughs> Just like Kennedy's wife tried to do. <sighs> oh, that was, that, was, that was bad. That was horrible. That was, that was really bad. Yeah, but she did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've always, like you wonder how you would react in situations like that, and I I don't know, like I can't I can't say that I wouldn't be trying to pick up pieces of head and brain matter, and I don't know, that was which which makes me want to say a fact right now for a thing that you want to start doing here soon. Oh yeah, okay. But did you know? Uh, did you know? Did you know that Kennedy would have lived? If it wasn't for his back problems. Say what now? So Kennedy had uh, like a, a scoliosis. He had a bent spine. Okay. He had rods in his back and usually had a back brace on. Okay. I so didn't know first, any of these things. Yeah. The, the first time he was shot, the, the round went through his back. Was this part of his, what is it, Addison's? Or? Yeah. It's, it's part of the illness he had grown up with his whole life. Like he had to take a lot of uh, uh, pain meds just to bear it. Well, having the rods in his spine and wearing a back brace prevented him from getting down. He oh, couldn't from bend ducking? forward and take cover in the car. Uh. So that first round that hit him in the back, if he would have kept, if he would have slumped over, he would have been protected, but he couldn't physically bend over. Oh, wow. The, the back brace he was having made him sit straight up, I- leaving his head exposed. I did not know that. Yeah. That's very interesting. Which is why he never actually slumps over. Just his head's bobbing around. Oh, wow. Because he's wearing a back brace. I guess he could have tilted to the side, right? But his head still would have been exposed. I mean, he might not have, if he would have been moving it back and forth, making a harder target to hit. Yeah. But if he would have been able to actually get down into the vehicle, like actually lay down on the seat or duck but the back brace he was wearing prevented him from being able to do that. I did not know that. That's very interesting. Well, so I'm going to have to look into that a bit more. Uh, that's absolutely new to me. I was completely unaware of that. Like, yeah. well, and it wasn't until this year really that I realized or learned that he had was, is it called Addison's? He had, he had a whole bunch of illnesses that he dealt with since he was a child. Uh, he was plagued with illnesses I I read stories that said that he would normally he would go out and give a speech and then walk backstage and immediately lay on the ground because mm-hmm. it took so much for him energy to be able to stand at the podium. And he was usually in a lot of pain. So he would quite often go off stage and lay down on his back to take the pressure off of it. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I had no idea. Huh? Well, thanks for sharing that with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, yeah. 
Back, I mean, we went on the whole thing because I said made a horrible joke. <laughs> oh man! Okay, so, so we were we were we're in this segment. We're going to talk about the third installment of our uh, Dave Dobbenmeyer speaking to God and William Barr uh, series. Yes. This, this. So, so we we've got a little bit of text here that I'll read through as a warm up uh, slash reminder of of the plot we're following here. Um, this comes to us from Right Wing Watch. This is by Kyle Mantilla, dated December sixteenth. The title says, "We prayed him out of there." Dave Dobbenmeyer rewrites the history of his meeting with Bill Barr. We've Again. we've. We've previously talked about two videos uh, from from not a coach, Dobbin Meyer, yeah. uh, talking about you know meeting with Bill Barr and that he's a man of God, blah blah blah. And then the second time, you know, being a warning to Bill Barr. And now that Bill Barr has resigned slash been fired slash we'll we'll probably never really know for sure. Uh, Dave Dobbin Meyer has has once again chosen to try to rewrite his history on this. And it's very interesting. So the story says that on Tuesday's episode of his daily past the salt live webcast, radical right wing activist, Dave Dobbenwire took credit for the resignation of attorney general, William Barr as right wing watch reported last week, Dobbenwire had has been frantically rewriting the history of the encounter he had with Barr at the end of October, when he and a group of activists carried out a series of protests demanding that then-Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden and former President Barack Obama be arrested, tried, and executed for treason. Executed? Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> Meyer is such a swell guy. As part yeah. of that effort, Meyer and crew protested outside Barr's home, and Barr personally came out to meet the group, pray with them, and take photos. In the days that followed, Meyer was positively giddy, as he repeatedly marveled at how God had miraculously orchestrated his meeting with Barr. When President Donald Trump refused to accept the results of the, of the presidential election and Barr gave permission for armed agents to be dispatched to vote counting sites in order to, quote, prevent potential federal crimes, Dobbenmeyer boasted that it was his meeting with Barr that had given the attorney general a little bit of spine and a little bit of courage. <laughs> to expose the allegedly rampant voter fraud that he claims stole the election from Trump. God sent us to Bill Barr's house for a reason, Meyer declared during the November 6th broadcast of his Past the Salt Life program. This is going to be corruption revealed so deep that if we dig it out, there will be a chance for our children and our grandchildren. A few weeks passed, and when Barr said that the Department of Justice had found no evidence of widespread voter fraud, Dobbenmeyer immediately turned against Barr and suddenly declared that, contrary to his earlier assertion that they had been divinely sent to encourage Barr, he and his fellow right-wing activists had actually been sent to Barr's home as a warning from God. Is Bill Barr going to stand before Almighty God? And the Lord says to him, what are you doing down there? I sent 33 guys to your house and I gave you a warning and you ignored it, Bill. You ignored it, Dobbenmeyer said. We thought, some of us, we were going to Bill Barr's house to give him the vote, to to get him to vote the right way, to do the right thing, Dobbenmeyer concluded. Maybe we were just showing up as a witness to Bill Barr. You've been warned, brother. We came in peace, and you have been warned. Upon hearing the news this week that Barr will be resigning before the end of the year, Dobbenmeyer completed his rewriting of history by asserting that it was his meeting with Barr that had pushed him out. And for that, we have audio from the mouth of this jackass himself. Let me go to Bill Barr here real quick, because as you can probably imagine, I've been bombarded with the, oh, yeah, well, good job visiting Barr. <laughs> I said, you know, I, there you go. There you go. We were told to go pray for Bill Barr. We were told who told him this? Um, God, because he loves just everyone praying. So. So is his story now that God told him to go pray for for Bill Barr? Not with Bill Barr, but for Bill Barr? They well, were, you know, we gotta we gotta make what happened fit the narrative, so yes. Huh. Okay. Let's see what else he says here. We didn't say when we went to Bill Barr's house that all of a sudden he was gonna do everything we wanted him to do. 
That was never part of the deal. And that was never what we asked to be done. We said, thy will be done. The Lord told us to go pray. And we went and prayed. And I've been watching stuff. I don't know if you got. Wait, wait, wait. So, so he went to pray for Bill Barr for what purpose? Like if God told him to go there and do a thing, then he's just supposed to go there and do a thing. If he's, if he's, is this a, not a two way communication with God that's going on here? Oh no. Uh, okay. It's just, it's just God one only, way. That- yeah. He's got a bad microphone on his cell phone. You got doggies going yeah. in the background. Yeah, I, I do got doggies going in the background. Someone's at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> and you have two largest, largest, Jesus, large ish dogs that yeah, and, are very excited when people come over. Yeah. And Sarah, Sarah's not here right now. So, <laughs> Oh, do you need a minute? No, no, we're good. They'll, okay. they'll, they'll quiet down here in a second. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, let's hear what else. Let's see how Dave will uh, hopefully clear this up for us. You guys know this or not. Some of you are aware of it. We bombarded Mrs. Barr with uh, cards. You guys remember a lot of you were part of that. Well, those cards began to be returned to sender. I don't know if you guys got your sent back to me. I got, we got our sent back to me. Uh, boy, that's really odd. That's really odd because they were simply cards that were encouraging Mrs. Barr to, we're praying for you and praying for your husband. And when those cards started coming back, when I, when I, when I got that card, Michelle went to the mailbox, she came back and handed me that card. I said, Lord, there's a separating coming, separation coming here. Because apparently Dobbin Myers God wouldn't know that this would happen. Well, I'm, I'm also wondering if the cards, weren't just them praying for them. If they're more like his other threat, like we came peacefully last time and prayed. Oh yeah. Now we're coming in forced to pray. Oh yeah. I'm sure that was it. And I'm sure that they probably received several threats in these cards and then decided, you know what? We're not even going to bother opening any more of them. We'll just return them. Mark them return to sender and stick them back in the mail. It could have been worse than just, prayers something something is happening here because why perhaps dime store psychologist right perhaps a little bit of conflict in the bar house maybe one of them is a never trumper maybe mrs Barr doesn't like bill bill working for donald trump maybe maybe every night on the pillow <laughs> he, had to, he he started traveling down the road of maybe she doesn't like her husband and then decided he'd he'd beep 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 back up and turn around uh yeah that it's not that she doesn't like her husband it's that she doesn't like trump sure oh. you know those never trumpers they're they're the worst they're so mischievous and and deceptive yeah and they get into the beds of trumpers and persuade <laughs> them with their sexiness they got to a flirt to convert <laughs> yeah. mrs Barr doesn't like bill bill working for donald trump <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe every night on the pillow mrs Barr's in his ear about about uh trump and you shouldn't be helping this guy who knows what's going on right we don't know so we go and we pray for well you should just keep speculating about it <laughs> because it's it's yeah. kind of awesome <laughs> we don't know so we're just gonna make some shit up <laughs> don't know so we go and we pray for for president uh, for attorney general Barr. and here's what i saw yesterday our prayers were answered our prayer he was pushed to the edge wasn't he he was pushed to the edge and how, how many times do we know didn't know why we pray lord nothing hidden that will not be revealed and when we showed up and we prayed on bill Barr, and we prayed and we hope bill Barr would do the truth you know what i'm gonna tell you? i made a statement yesterday takes courage to be a hero. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Dobbenmeyer believes he's a hero. (laughs) That's kind of awesome. He thinks he's a a hero in God's army. Good job, Dave. Instead of the fact that Bill Barr is fleeing a sinking ship. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think... So, so my guess is that Trump kept leaning on him uh, to 
do things that he that even Barr was unwilling to do. Yeah, I don't think you have to guess on that one. I'm pretty sure that was going on. Yeah, and he couldn't do what Trump wanted him to do, so he just, like any rat, got off the ship. So, so real quick, we'll we'll get back to the video in here in a minute. But real quick, just my just my view on what probably went down here is that Trump just decided he was going to fire Barr and didn't didn't really tell Barr or anything. Just no, you're out, you're done, and did to Barr what Barr did to the AG or the yeah the the SDNY. Uh, attorney general and or the state ag and just basically announced via tweet that he was fired or not fired but was quitting that's what Barr did to the guy at the sdny and later in relaying and talking about the story Barr said oh no he was he was quitting he just wasn't aware that he was quitting yet and he joked yeah. about it because he's a fucking asshole <laughs> he thought that was really funny and i'm guessing trump did the same fucking thing to bill barr because the uh resignation the quote-unquote resignation letter from bill barr is just full of effusive glowing praise of donald trump and yeah. i i don't think that's something that you would necessarily do if you're leaving a job and i don't think that you would leave the job with a month left to be in that job yeah Unless it was, here's a letter. Uh, you're going to put this out. Yeah, it's all it's all very suspicious how this how this went down. I'm guessing that eventually we'll hear that Bill Barr didn't actually resign; that he was forced out; that he that he was basically fired, and then they tried to make it look like it was a resignation. But what's Barr going to say? No, I didn't really. Or you know he's he's still in support of the president and his shitty policies and wants him to succeed he just didn't want to be you know or he, and i'm sure he would have continued in his role doing whatever but there were things that he didn't want to do that trump was trying to get him to do there was a line of illegal shit he wanted to go over and we found it uh-huh yeah and we'll probably eventually find out what that line was but like i said i doubt very strongly that bar actually resigned. I'm guessing he was fired and just didn't know it yet. <laughs> yeah. Now oh, back to the video. Takes courage to be a hero. And he just may not have it. He just may not have it. <laughs> but, but Dave Dobbenmeyer does. I'm sure. Dave oh, Dobbenmeyer he, has all the courage. He's got, uh, what do they used to say about astronauts? Like he's got the stuff or whatever, the right stuff. Right stuff, yeah. He's got the right stuff. <laughs> He's got the right, the right wing stuff. <laughs> it's a good way to twist it. <laughs> so I say, thank God Bill Barr's gone. <laughs> thank God we Amen. we prayed him out of there, even though we didn't pray him out of there, did we? we <laughs> what? How the fuck does that make sense? Either you did or you didn't, buddy. You can't have it both ways. We prayed him out of there, even though we didn't pray him out of there. <laughs> oh my god, that was fucking awesome! I want to play that again. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Thank God we Amen. we prayed him out of there, even though we didn't pray him out of there, did we? We prayed the Lord's will be done. And what was going on in Bill Barr, around Bill Barr, through Bill Barr has been exposed. And you know who knows it's been exposed? Bill Barr. <laughs> Not... I thought he was going to say God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that's what has always struck me as being uh religion's final fallback for anything and everything right is that god will answer your prayers sometimes it's a yes sometimes it's a no sometimes it's a not right now sometimes it's a maybe later it's just like whatever happens is god answering your prayers like it doesn't matter if you prayed for one thing and and some and the exact opposite happens that's that's still god answering your prayers you just don't like the answer yeah <laughs> it's it's because god works in weird and confusing and mysterious and capricious and malicious ways i just like to say god doesn't work 
<laughs> yeah, it, it makes a whole lot more sense when you view it that way, rather than having to jump through all of these hoops of, we prayed him away, even though we didn't pray him away. We just said, God's will be done. Then why the fuck were you praying in the first place? If God's going, that? like, we've said it over and over and over again. If God has a plan, who the fuck are these dipshits? To ask God to change his plan. And why would he? It's God's plan. He's already and, laid it out. What the fuck are you doing? And, unless he's saying they prayed for God to reveal, like, the enemies of the state. And God revealed that Bill Barr was an enemy of the state. So they didn't pray for Bill Barr to leave office. They were prayed for the snakes to be, you know, weeded out of the grass. And it turned out the guy they thought was their hero was Barr. Because he's no hero. He doesn't have what it takes to be a hero. But that just goes hand in hand with this delusional type of thinking, right? That it doesn't matter what happens because regardless of what happens, I can twist it to fit my narrative. Like I, I, I went to pray for Bill Barr that he would do the right thing. Well, he didn't do the right thing. And now he's resigning, which is clearly a sign that my prayer worked. What the fuck are you talking about? How like would he would he use this line of thinking to justify any other event in his life? Probably. Like I took my car to to a car to a car auto auto shop to have them fix a problem with my car and they didn't fix it and returned it to me, which is exactly what I wanted to happen. What? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Uh. It's just pure delusion, man, and it's it's like, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand how people can watch this shit over and over and over again and hear the same stuff over and over again, where it's evidence of nothing at all. It's just people screaming into the void and thinking that they're hearing stuff come back at them and they're not, but they're convinced that even if they don't hear something, it's because they've heard something. What are well, the fuck? <laughs> it's. It's also how he makes himself feel important or like. Oh, sure. There's definitely a feature of self-aggrandizement in here where he just knows that he's so important. There's no way God could ignore him. Yeah. God will do his bidding one way or the other, even if it's just God still doing God's own bidding. But Dave Dobbenmeyer spurred God to do the thing God was already going to (laughs) do. That fucking delusional fox. Yeah. Yeah. The self-importance and egoism tied into there is just, it's baffling and alarming and it's marvelous to behold, really (laughs) just, just how, how much of a knot and pretzel he'll have to contort himself and his thinking into in order to fit what he wants to be true versus what is actually true. And he'll keep doing it. And just keep warping and twisting reality to fit whatever narrative he wants to believe versus what is objectively true. It's just, it's, it's interesting and terrifying at the same time to watch shit like that happen. Like he, like psychology courses could just dig into these people's brains. (laughs) I would take that course. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Boy, it's probably the same reason why I have a fascination with serial killers. Oh, yeah. It's the thinking behind it. Like what makes a person able to do something like that? It's the same like these people like what makes you so delusional in your head that you think that you're like of this level of importance that this higher entity is talking through you. And I'm like, it's kind of got the same psychology behind it in a way, I bet. Yeah, I think I think people have a natural interest and and tendency to be very curious about stuff like that because they realize that were it not for a series of, of events in their own lives, maybe they could have followed that same path and done that same thing. So they're curious to know, okay, where did this person fuck up so that I know if, if my thinking starts leading down this path, I need to turn around or reevaluate my circumstances to figure out what the fuck is going on. So I think it's I think it's human nature that we're all very curious about, you know, serial killer stories, murder stories, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, how could something in that person's life go so wrong that this 
was the eventuality that occurred. I need to figure out what happened here so that it doesn't happen to me or anybody else that I care about. Well, like with the serial killer thing, there's a lot of like the, the nature versus nurture stuff behind it. Uh-huh. And one of the things I guess I would align with more nature than nurture is uh, early head traumas. Early a lot head of, traumas. A lot of a lot of serial killers had had like at a young age, like head traumas, like severe concussions or been in a bad accident. Like oh, it's kind of it's not necessarily a coincidence that a lot of the prolific serial killers have had traumatic brain injuries at a young age. Yeah, something in their head got broken. And that's kind of a thing. Like, is that a possibility that these significant head traumas at a very young age has caused them to not be able to empathize the same way someone else has they've their uh, neurological growth was stunted. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's also a big nurture side of it too. Yeah. My personally, my, my own head is just a roadmap of scars. I've had more, <laughs> I've had more concussions than I can count. Like, like bad concussions, like vomiting. I had one concussion so bad that I couldn't see for half of a day. Like it was just, it was like snowy static and I was just vomiting. I, you know, I couldn't hear very much my, and like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't see everything just looked like snowy static on a, on a television screen. It's one of the reasons that I hate the Brady bunch, the, the old TV show, because so what had happened is I was, I was going down the street. I was young, uh, you know, maybe eight years old, nine years old, somewhere right, right around in there. I was going down the stairs into the basement on carpeted stairs and I was wearing only socks. And I used to do this thing where, you know, you slip off the edge of the stair in your socks to yeah. the next stair and you yeah. just kind of do that over and over. And sometimes you get good at it and you can just kind of, slide or ski down a few steps at a time or the whole staircase at the same time. And so I was doing that and something went wrong and I fell backward and hit the back of my head on the edge of one of the stairs and yeah, instant really bad concussion. And, and, and so my mother contacted the nurse line, you know, broke out the yellow pages (laughs) called, called on our landline, the, the nurse line to figure out what she should do. And apparently was advised to not let me go to sleep. And that's all I wanted to do because I was just, like I said, I couldn't hear very well. I couldn't see anything other than static. And I was just vomiting over and over and over again. It was like, it was like having like the worst drunk and hangover at the same time and just wanting to go and sleep it off. And she wouldn't let me. And she was watching um, the Brady Bunch in the background. Okay. And it was like a weekend, like, uh, what? Fuck. Just they're, they're showing a bunch of episodes of the Brady Bunch. And so for hours, I sat at the kitchen table vomiting and being poked by her every, anytime I got close to falling asleep while hearing the Brady Bunch in the background. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> so now every time I hear the Brady Bunch theme, I, I get a little bit angry and, and a little bit sick to my stomach just because of that event what that happened, you know, decades ago. Yeah. I remember uh, one of my best friends who's probably listening to this right now because I know he listens to the show. Uh, he got a pretty nasty concussion during a football game in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night, we basically tricked him into eating a whole pie. Because <laughs> he, he, he kept forgetting. Oh, yeah. Which we thought it was funny. <laughs> so because we went over to his house. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? We knew he was forgetting stuff. And we'd be like, hey, Zach, we uh, we got you. We brought you a pie from Perkins. Like, oh, you did? Yeah, it's downstairs. Oh, cool. Go downstairs, get a piece of pie, go back upstairs. Like 20 minutes later, be like, hey, Zach, we got you a pie from Perkins. Oh, you did? Cool. Let's go have a piece. <laughs> we ate the whole pie. <laughs> Just doing that a few times. Doing, ground, doing Groundhog Day until he ate a whole pie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> oh, good times. All right. Well, that'll that'll uh, wrap up the show today. We've run out of time. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for joining me. Thank you, Matt, for oh, joining yeah. us earlier. 
Always good to talk to you guys. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. I recently had to re-up our web hosting stuff, and that's a lot more expensive than I remember the last time I paid it. I don't know if prices went up or if it's just been so long that I forgot how much it was. Usually they go down during these things like, hey, we're going to give you a deal on shit because of COVID. Yeah, uh, like for for a year of support and our website and the de- designer, like the, all of that, for stuff that I haven't even really used because I have not had the time. Yeah, it was expensive. Uh, so thank you all very much for helping <laughs> to pay for that kind of stuff and support the show and all the different kinds of things that we have to pay for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was a bit of a sticker shock right around the holidays that I was not ah. expecting. Uh, but thank you all very, very much to Alan Firth. Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Stephen Andrews. Two Skeptical Chaps. Vanessa. Don't Be a Richard. Ollie Olson. John McCullough. Tiffany Hudson. Sinead Duffy. Utah Outcast. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Let the Meet Kofefi. Jeff Peterson. Corey Ebert. Megan Mitchell. Freethinker215. Tim Jacobson. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Taylor Grin. Who's finally home? Yay! That was a a long trip. Uh, Purple Dragon. Nico Gonzalez. Chad Pryor. Itchy and Scratchy, want you to please support the Secular Coalition of America and Camp Quest. Thank you all very, very much. We really appreciate it, and would probably not be continuing the show were it not for your kind and generous contributions to having us do it as often as we do. So thank you all very, very much. If you dear listener would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode for fun things like early episodes and clips from the show and extended outtakes and bonus episodes, all that good kind of stuff. So Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope you all have a fantastic Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Festivus, <laughs> whatever <laughs> holiday you happen to be uh, celebrating and wishing that you could be around other people. <laughs> we, we hope that you are staying safe and doing well and having a good closeout to what has been a really terrible year. And we will chat with you all next week. And so until then, crucify people who try to rewrite history. And uh, leave us a review and Dobbin Meyer's answers will be, pr- will be answered or they won't be answered. But if they weren't, they're not answered. They will be answered. Just <laughs> leave us a review. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> <laughs>